Well, good morning, Bridge Church. And as Pastor Ann said, we are so thankful to be here. So whether you are watching online right now or you're in this building, let's put our hands together with our families and let's praise the King of Kings. Come on. around us by your grace we are no longer bound no longer bound you call me out of the grave you call me into the light you call my name and then my heart came alive come on your love is greater your love is stronger your love awakens 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 me your love is greater Oh, 
Hey, if you are grateful for Jesus, one more time, let's just lift up one big shout of praise in this place today. How good is it to know that when Jesus shines his light into our lives, it casts darkness out far from us. It drives out fear. It drives out all of those things that might try to speak negativity, fear, depression, anxiety into our life. We can speak the name of Jesus, and in that name, there is overcoming power that is available to us. I don't know about you, but I am so incredibly grateful for that. As we've come into this place today, it feels like days of old, but it certainly feels like a new day. Maybe a new day calls for a new declaration. Jesus, your light casts out darkness in my life. I will put my hope in you. I will put my trust in you. And I will not let fear have a hold on my life any longer. I just want to invite everybody right now, if you're comfortable, just to lift your hands and lift your voices. Right now, maybe you want to find a new way, a new word, a new song in your heart, just to cry out to God and thank him for his goodness, for the way that he has been with you, stood by you, protected you, provided for you. God, we thank you for who you are in our life, for all that you've done, but not just what you've done, who you are to us. We thank you that you are God, you are supreme, you are sovereign over all things in our lives. We can look to you because we know that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And God, your heart that is toward us is good. Your plans that are toward us are good. And we know that we can put our hope and our faith and our trust in you, even if we don't have all of the answers to our questions. We look to you today, God, because we know that as long as we stay near you, you're going to be the light that is shining down on our path, directing our steps every single day of our lives. So I pray that today you would encourage people, that you would uplift people, that you would bring people to a place where they recognize your presence alive and active in their lives. We pray that you would have your way in our lives and in your church in our time of gathering today. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Come on, one more time. Everybody said, Amen. Well, hey, I don't know about you, but I have been looking forward for a very long time to raising a hallelujah in this place with all of you, and it sure does feel good to be together. So whether you are here in the room or whether you're joining us online, wherever you're joining us from, thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and joining us. It is going to be a great day. We just want to encourage everybody, make some space there at your seats because we have quite a lot of people that decided to come here and be in the building with us, and that's great news. But let's all do our best right now to be diligent and considerate of those around us. Let's make a little bit of space if we can so that people can find a seat as a few more are coming in. And as you are seated, we want to let everybody know if you have kids with you, we want to give you the opportunity if you'd like to take them to the family room to go ahead and do that right now. You can exit straight out the back doors of the auditorium or you can exit through those double doors right over there and head into the youth center and take your families with you. You don't have to do that. If you want to keep your kids in here, you're welcome to do that. We're glad that you're here. And as you find your seat or make your way to the family room, and even if you're watching online, let's check out church news right now. Everybody, so happy to see you this morning. Whether you're joining us online or in person, we are so, so glad that you are here. Here's a look at what's coming up here at the bridge. The Bridge School of Ministry is coming. Up. Hey, we are less than one month away from kicking off and the deadline is nearing. So go to the website to check out all of the info, all of the details. Also, registration is on the website and on the Bridge Church app. So if you are a graduated student in that college age, who maybe feels called to ministry, wants to discover God's purpose for your life, check it out. If you know anybody who would maybe be interested, send them the details and check it out. Bridge Youth. Hey, we have got our first youth outdoor service this Wednesday night. 
Hey, we're kicking off with some free service hangs at 5 p.m. We're gonna have games and giveaways. We're gonna have ice cream. It's gonna be so much fun. Service kicks off at 6 p.m. And we're gonna have worship, a message seeking after what God has for us. Hey, don't worry. We're playing it super safe. We're gonna have plenty of hand sanitizer, physical distancing. We're gonna be wearing masks. All of that stuff will be on the up and up and keeping it super safe. So hey, don't miss it. Tell your friends, spread the word. It's gonna be amazing this Wednesday night, 5 p.m. hangs, 6 p.m. service. Hey church, don't forget, we still have our outdoor service tonight at 6 p.m. We'll be out on the plaza. You can hang out from your car. You can bring a lawn chair, sit on the plaza with us. We're going to hear from God's word. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. We have absolutely loved these services and we're not stopping them. So join us tonight at 6 p.m. If you want to stay plugged in here at The Bridge, just go to our website, thebridgechurch.tv. There you can stay up to date with everything happening in the life of the church. You can click on the Connect tab, fill out a digital Connect card. Also, you can download The Bridge app by texting The Bridge Church, one word, space app to 77977. And whether you join us here live at 930 online or if we're going to see you tonight at our outdoor 6 p.m. service. We love spending Sundays with you. And maybe you didn't get to join us this morning at 9.30. We're going to be doing our live in-person services every Sunday at 9.30. So we hope to see you and your family next week. Thanks so much for joining us. We love spending Sundays with you. Good morning. How you doing today? Hey, it is great to see you. Those of you watching online, thank you for joining us today. We're so glad you've chosen to make your house God's house. And we know God will show up there in your home today in a big, big way. I want to begin this morning on this Sunday by just taking a moment. And I want us collectively here in the house, there in your home, wherever you might be. I want us to take a moment and just thank God for his goodness, his faithfulness, his protection his blessing in this season. You know, we the people of God are so blessed. Let's just take a moment and give God praise. Would you join me? Father, we worship you today. We thank you for your goodness. I thank you for everyone who's a part of this service today, whether here in the building or there at home. God, we give you honor and praise because you are who you say you are. You are our God. You are our protector. You've given us strength and help, and you've kept us, kept us safe. And, Father, we just honor you today. We ask now the next few minutes that you would use your word to speak to every one of us, that it would come alive and give us wisdom and direction and help for our lives today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you've got a Bible this morning, in a few minutes, we're going to begin reading in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, and we're going to look at two different passages of Scripture, but three stories in these two passages in the next few minutes. And today, I want to talk to you about compassion, compassion, the compassion of Jesus. I want to begin today with a very simple question, and I want you to ask yourself this question today. Why are we here? Why are we here today? Why are you here? Why am I here? Why are you watching online? Why are we a part of this service in the different formats in which we reach out to people? Why are we doing this today? You might be watching this later on in the week after the fact. Why are we doing this today? The truth is it's all about the mission of Jesus and the mission of the church. If you go back and study the life and the ministry of Jesus, and I'm going to talk a lot about this this morning, as you look at his ministry and his life, you'll find that Jesus lived 30 years, and then at 30 years of age, he began his ministry. There's a lot to that. We don't have time to get into it today. But here's the point I want to make. When Jesus was about to begin his ministry, he went and was baptized by John in the river of Jordan, he came up out of the river. The Holy Spirit came upon him. Scripture says he went into the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. He was there for 40 days and 40 nights where he fasted and he resisted the enemy. And then he came out of that deserted place, that wilderness desert place. He came back into society. And it says just as he went out in the Spirit, he came back among people in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And he was ready to begin his ministry. Luke chapter 4, he went into his own hometown area. And on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and he picked up the book of the law, the prophet Isaiah, literally. And he read from what we would know as Isaiah 61. And here's what Jesus read. I'm not going to have you turn there, but just listen to these words. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Quoting from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The next word is because, because. How many of you know today when God puts his spirit upon you, he puts it upon you for a reason, for a purpose. Jesus had a mission and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because, and here's what he said, he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has anointed me to proclaim liberty to those who are in bondage, held captive. He said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to bring recovery of sight back to the blind. He said, I've come to set at liberty those who are bruised and oppressed and bound by their hurts and pains. And I've come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I've come to tell people that God's time for you is now. Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the mission of Jesus and the heart of Jesus. Jesus in his ministry ministered to all kinds of people with all kinds of needs in all kinds of settings because that's what he was anointed by God to do. When Jesus began his ministry, he focused totally his life for three years on nothing except what God had called him and anointed him to do. Jesus' ministry was both communication and demonstration. He not only taught, but he healed and he delivered because that's what he was anointed by God to do. To summarize, Jesus' ministry was fueled by this great flowing power of compassion. Everywhere Jesus went, small settings, large settings, Jesus had compassion for people who were in need. He had a driving desire to help hurting people. As a matter of fact, if you, in the New Testament, look at the word compassion in the original writings, it literally says to have this churning inside. In the very depths of way down in here, there's just something churning over and over and over. Yearning to see something happen. Yearning to accomplish something. Jesus was driven by this yearning, this compassion to meet the needs of hurting people. And today I want to talk for a few minutes about three things that moved the heart and the compassion of Jesus in his ministry. And three things that I believe still move the heart of God today. Number one, we're going to look at Luke chapter 7. We're going to look at two back-to-back -back stories here. But first of all, look at verse number one. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. I'm going to read the story fairly quickly and make some comments along the way. Now, when Jesus concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant. Now, pause here a moment. A centurion would be a captain of some sort in the Roman army. The Roman army was occupying the land of Israel. So, the centurions weren't really cared for because they were occupiers of the land. And especially the leaders. The soldiers were bad enough, but the leaders were even worse. But it says a certain, a certain, a specific centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So this captain of probably a hundred men, where we get the word centurion from the word century, this man who probably had a hundred soldiers at his disposal to keep the peace in Capernaum, he had a servant who was sick and about to die. And this servant was dear to his heart. Verse 3, so when this centurion heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. Notice this. This centurion didn't go. 
But he sent friends, he sent people to Jesus, leaders of the Jews. And they came to Jesus and they begged and they said, please come and help this centurion. His servant's about to die and he has compassion for his servant. So please, please come and heal his servant. In verse 4, when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom they should do this was deserving. Evidently, unlike a lot of the other Roman soldiers, this centurion was a pretty good guy. The people liked him. They said, he's deserving of your help. And then in verse 5, for he loves our nation and he has built us a synagogue. So evidently he had some kind of respect for the Jews, their religion, and their God because he even built a church where they could gather and meet. In verse 6, then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Interesting words. You don't need to finish the journey. I'm not worthy you come to my house. And then he says in verse 7, Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. See, this servant... I mean, this centurion, even though he was caring for the people, he built them a church. He learned from the Jewish religion he wasn't one of them, and he didn't belong. And when he needed a miracle, he didn't go to Jesus and ask for it. He asked other Jewish leaders to go on his behalf. He didn't consider himself to be worthy. Reminds me of the Syrophoenician woman who came and said, even the crumbs that fall off the table are devoured by the dogs. He had this humility and this confidence and faith about him. But now, look if you would at verse number 7. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, I'm going to make a strong point here in just a moment, but I want you to see this story. I'm not worthy you come under my house, but if you'll just give the command, my servant will be healed then he explains how he knows this verse 8 for i also am a man placed under authority having soldiers under me and i say to one go and he goes to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it what the centurion said was i recognize that the authority of god is upon you because i have a different kind of authority i am under authority when those over me tell me what to do i jump and i obey them But when I give a command, there's a hundred soldiers and servants who jump at my command. And Jesus, I see God's authority on you. If you'll just give the command, my servant will be healed. Look at verse number nine. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. He turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. See, Jesus was moved. He never saw this man face to face. He didn't see his servant face to face. But Jesus was moved towards this man and his servant because this man recognized who Jesus was and the authority that rested upon his life. This man had faith because he knew Jesus can do this. He knew the reputation of Jesus and he knew if my servant can just get his attention, he will heal him and make him whole. Verse number 10, those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. See, an amazing miracle took place that day. And I told you there's three particular scenes that I want to show you, three things that really tend to move the heart of God. Number one, God's heart is always moved by faith God's heart is always moved by faith this church has been preaching this message for almost 35 years I guess this coming month it will this month it has been 35 years for 35 years this church has been preaching a message of faith and that's not going to change why because faith moves the heart and the hand of God in this story Jesus was moved by the faith of this centurion. And he responded by healing his servant. Why? 
Because that's what Jesus was anointed to do. That was his mission. That was his calling. And when he heard the cry of faith, Jesus responded to that cry of faith. Let me tell you something. The hand of faith extended to God never returns empty. It may not come back with exactly what you thought you deserved or needed, but the hand of faith extended to God never, ever returns empty. And if you go through Scripture and look at it, every time somebody came to Jesus in faith, Jesus always responded to that cry of faith. Now, I know there's a lot of teaching today. Well, you know, God's just going to do what God's going to do, and that's the end of it. You know, i got to tell you, when I was 12 years old, this got settled for me. Now, you got to remember... I didn't answer the call of the ministry till I was probably 19 or 20. But when I was 12 years old, this thing about faith and God responding got settled in my heart. I've told this story a couple times, so I'll condense it. When I was 12 years old, our church and our pastors had been ministering to a woman in the hospital. She'd become paralyzed and crippled. She couldn't take care of herself. She had some kind of disease. They had done several surgeries. It got to the place where her spine was so bad, she couldn't move around. She was in constant pain and agony. She'd been in the hospital literally for months, had never seen the light of day. And finally, the doctors gave up on her and said, we can't do anymore. You're going to die in this condition. You've only got a short while to live. One Sunday afternoon, she said, you know what? I've had enough of this. I've suffered long enough. And she had those orderlies there at the hospital put her on a portable bed, a small portable bed, put her in the back of a station wagon. How many remember station wagons? Some of you don't even know what that is, okay? Uh, It was the SUV of the day, okay? They put her in the back of a station wagon. They took her to church at our church on a Sunday night. They backed her up in the very first parking space right next to the door on that side of the building. And then they sent a speaker from the sound system out and put it in the back of her car. And she was in that car listening to the service because she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be healed. And my faith says, if I can get to church and reach out to God in faith, if I do my part, God will do his part. That night at the middle of service, pastor began to pray for needs, and he asked us to pray for this woman and told us, she's out there in a station wagon in the parking lot. We prayed, and we waited, and we waited, and we waited. I don't know how long it was. It seemed like 30 minutes because, you know, I was 12 years old, and I'm like, Dude, let's go on the church. We've sang the songs. You prayed the prayer. Do the message. It's time to go eat, you know, so on and so forth. So I'm sitting down there like, come on, man, come on. And all of a sudden, that side door opens up. And this woman came walking in wearing a hospital gown. Her hair was a mess. She was white as a sheet because she'd not been exposed to the sun. And as she came through that door, when her second or her last arm came through that door, she held up the hugest back brace I've ever seen in my life. And she walked to the front of the building and she said, please forgive me for holding up church service, but I couldn't walk with this thing and I've had to learn how to walk all over again. It's been a long time, but God has healed me and made me whole. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You see something like that when you're 12 years old and you will never again question whether or not God responds to the hand of faith. The hand of faith extended to God never, ever, ever returns empty. God is moved by faith. But then number two, look at verse 11, the very next verse, because it tells a different story. Now it happened the day after, the next day. Jesus went into a city called Nain or Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. Now you get a picture in your mind. Jesus goes to another city with him, his disciples, and a large crowd of people. So there's this big procession that goes into the city. Verse 12. When he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. So look at this. Look at this scene. Here's this large group of people about to go into the city. Somebody lost a string out of their pocket. They might need that later. I'll save it for them. Here's this large group of people about to go into the city with Jesus. And then here comes this large group of people out of the city. Huge group in this funeral procession. And these two crowds meet. And there's a large group there because there are people who are hurting because this woman who's already lost her husband has now lost her son. Probably, 
Probably he was her only source of income. Probably he was a young man and a provider for the family. But nevertheless, he was an adult, a grown man. Now let's, let's read a little further. Verse 13. When the Lord saw her, he had what? He had compassion on her. And he said to her, do not weep. Do not weep. Let's stop it. Let's change the atmosphere. I see the need. I know the hurt and the pain. Do not weep. Then Jesus came and touched the open coffin. And those who carried him, the young man, stood still. And Jesus said, young man, I say to you, arise. Jesus didn't even know this woman. There's no evidence he knew her. There's no evidence he knew this young man. It doesn't say he came to attend a funeral. Jesus just happened to run into a funeral procession. He walks over and stops the crowd and reaches out and says, young man, I say to you, arise. Why would he do that? Because number two, when there's an overwhelming need, the heart of God is moved with compassion. When people are hurting, God cares. If you're sitting at home today and you're hurting, God cares about your situation. If you're in a desperate situation and you see no way out, God cares about your need and your situation. If you're here in this building today and you come here in faith or you've come here in desperation, God knows your need and God cares about that need. But it says next in verse 15 that Jesus said to him, young man, I say to you, arise, verse 15. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak. Now, you got to picture this with me, okay? This guy's laying, he's flat out in this box, you know. They're carrying him to the grave to bury him. They're saying their final goodbyes. Mama and the family and friends are weeping. Everybody's heart's hurting. The whole city's gathered because of this tragedy. And Jesus stops the procession and says, young man, arise. And scripture says, this guy sits up and says, hey guys, who died? What's going on? Why do you look so sad? Who is it? Whose time was it? Now you say, well, it didn't happen that way. No, but just think about it a minute. This guy sits up and starts carrying on conversation. Here's what it says next. He who was dead sat up and began to speak, and Jesus presented him to his mother. It's like Jesus said, he's, you know, the guy says, who died? And Jesus said, hey, you remember your mom, don't you? She's standing right over here. Can you imagine what happened in that crowd that day? Can you imagine? In the middle of a funeral procession, everything changed. And the tears and the weeping became screams of joy. Do you think everybody stood around and said, oh, isn't that amazing what Jesus did? I guarantee you that crowd went crazy that day when they saw what Jesus did. But I'm going to tell you something today. God knows about your tragedy. God knows about what's going on in your life. He knows about that need that's overwhelming you. The thing that you can't see the way out, you can't find the way out, you've run to everybody else in town, and in desperation you say, God, help me. God is stirred. His heart is touched by that need. You know, this mother's pain stirred the heart of Jesus. He responded with a miracle. You know why Jesus did that? It's because that's what he was anointed to do. That's what the Spirit was upon him for. To do that sort of miracle. And i got to tell you today, God can work anywhere, even in the middle of a funeral procession. Did you know that? Can I get two or three amens in the house? Can I get three or four people at home to reach out and just give your TV set a high five or your computer or your iPad a high five and say, yeah, I believe that. God can work even in the middle of a funeral procession. Even in dead places. Even in our lives where it feels like we might be going through a funeral procession. God will meet us there when we cry out to him. Jesus was moved. In the middle of this dark place, he was moved with compassion because of the pain in the heart of this mother. As I studied this week just simply looking at the word compassion the ministry of jesus you find that a lot of times but real quickly we find that jesus one day leaving jericho 
had two blind men screaming out, Oh, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus was moved with compassion, and he gave them their eyesight. We also find that Jesus went to a place called Gadara. And there was a man who was a demonic who was filled with many, many demons. And he came and fell at Jesus' feet. And Jesus was moved with compassion. And he freed him and liberated him. Read throughout scripture, time and time again, Jesus was moved. Something down inside of him just stirred because he was anointed to meet people right in the middle of their pain. And it caused him to work miracles. But then there's one more scene I want you to see. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Give you just a moment to turn there. Matthew chapter 9. I want to look at verse 35 to begin with. We're going to read just a few verses here. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Everybody say all. Right there at home, say all. Jesus went about all the cities and all of the villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You know why he did that? Because that's what he was anointed to do. That was his mission. To have compassion on the people and meet them even in their darkest moment. You know, I had you turn to Matthew chapter 9. We just read verse 35. Let's pause here for a moment. Because I want to tell you about the first part of Matthew chapter 9. The, the preceding 34 verses. Now we don't have the exact time frame that this all happened. But only just Matthew chapter 9 alone. Before this moment. Here's what happened. First, Jesus forgave and healed a paralytic. He went out of his way to minister to one man who was brought to him by friends. The same chapter, Jesus called Matthew the tax collector. Went to his house, had a meal with him and his friends just to reach that one man and bring him in as a disciple. The next thing that happened, John the Baptist's disciples came questioning him about fasting. And Jesus took time to teach about that situation with that one group of disciples. The next thing that happens, Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. But before he can get to Jairus' house and raise her from the dead, this woman comes along and grabs the hem of his garment and power flows out of his body, and he healed her and made her whole. All in chapter 9. One person was healed by the power of God. Then we see a situation where those two blind men are healed. That's right here in chapter 9. All because the compassion of Jesus. And then just before this, Jesus heals a man who's mute, cannot speak. Freeze his tongue. All of that happens. And then it says Jesus went from city to city to city doing this over and over and over again. Why? That's what he was anointed to do. Now look at verse 36. When Jesus saw the multitudes, multitudes. Now keep in mind, chapter 9. It's individual, 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 healing, healing, miracle, miracle, raise one from the dead, right after another, and teaching right in the middle of it. But then in verse 36... When he saw the multitudes, he was, say it with me, moved with compassion. When he saw the multitudes, the great crowds of people, he was moved with compassion for them. Why? Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. See, it doesn't just say Jesus was moved with compassion for multitudes. It tells us why Jesus was moved with compassion. People were weary. People were scattered. Some of them had lost direction on their compass. They'd been separated from where they needed to be. And they were prey to the enemy. Jesus saw them like sheep without a shepherd. I want to... Read a little further, verse 37. Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Individual after individual, one at a time, 
Jesus ministers to people, working miracles. Then suddenly, he sees a whole multitude coming his way. Something inside begins to reach out to them and cry out for them because he sees their condition. Sheep without a shepherd. Think about that. Sheep without a shepherd. They're without direction. They're without the care that they need. Think about Psalms 23, all that God is for us. Those people didn't have that. Jesus was moved with compassion. You know, as I, I've been studying the last few weeks, and I'll, I'll tell you more about this in a moment, but as I've been studying the last several weeks, I've had to ask myself the question, what is it, what is it about sheep? What is it about sheep? You, you look at the Old Testament, and you see all these illustrations about sheep. You see shepherds, you see sheep, and you see all this stuff. You look at the New Testament, the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the great shepherd. And then he establishes a church, and he assigns people to be shepherds among those sheep. But what is it about sheep? Now, please, don't anybody get offended. Just hear what I have to say. I'm not a biologist. You know, I've never gone to college to study animal husbandry or any of that stuff. But let me tell you something. They say that sheep are not real bright. I didn't say that. I said they say. I said they say. They say sheep are not real bright. How many people in this house, how many people at home could just maybe... Raise a little bit of hand and say, yeah, I've done some dumb sheep-like things in my lifetime. <laughs> I, I want this to sink in for a minute. What is it about sheep? They don't always make good decisions. They don't always know how to go and where to go. And when they don't, they get information from the wrong sources. They follow the wrong people. Because, see, sheep were created to follow. Study it out. Sheep need a shepherd. God created sheep to follow. And when sheep have no shepherd, they tend to scatter. And they wander off in places where the shepherd would not allow them to go. And they wander off to the point where they become prey to the enemy because they're isolated from the rest of the flock. When they wander, they become prey to the wolves. Jesus, miracle here, miracle there, person here, person there, compassion, compassion, compassion. And then all of a sudden, here's this third group of people. It's not just the people of faith. It's not just the people crying out with a need. Here's this mass of people who don't know how to go and where to go and when to go. And Jesus sees them as sheep. And he has compassion for them. You see, the compassion of God wants to make us his sheep. Sheep of his pasture. He wants to shepherd us. He wants to protect us. He wants to lead us. And he wants to feed us. And he needs us to, to follow him. And here's what I've learned from studying, and I'm almost finished, so stay with me. When we don't know where to go, and we don't know how to go, God sees that, and God has compassion on us. And he reaches out to us to meet us right where we are, and he sends help. Remember years ago, some of you will know it, I'm, I'm not going to call names because I uh, don't have permission to use names, but... Many years ago, probably, oh, I don't know, 18 years ago, about that, 17, 18, maybe 19 years ago, in our old building, there was a lady who showed up at church. And I think we were having special services, but this woman showed up at church. And her life was a mess. Now, I want you to listen to me. She had a disease, and it was affecting her body and her mind. She had several children. 
she was in a really, really bad situation, mentally, emotionally, physically. She was in bad shape. And, and this woman showed up, and it was really hard even to talk to her and carry on conversation with her. But that night at church, somehow she got in touch with some of the pastors, one of the pastors specifically and his wife. And they prayed for her. And God touched that woman. And we watched over the next several months as God just transformed her life. She got to a place where she could take care of her children. She could function. She was no longer hurting. And after, after a while, she got a diagnosis that she'd been totally healed of her disease. And I saw that and I watched it in amazement because it's like this woman, did, we, we were a faith church. This woman didn't come in faith. She came in a mess. She wasn't looking for religion. She was looking for relief. She found her way in the building and God changed her life and totally made her well and released her. Gave her a brand new start in life. You know why that is? Because God cares about individuals. But God also cares about the masses. He cares when we don't know our way. Closing this morning, I'm going to answer one more question. I'm not going to ask you to ask this one. I'm going to ask it. I'm going to answer it. We live in crazy times. And I've had people ask me the last few days, well, why are we going back and adding this Sunday morning service? I'm going to answer that question. It's because before Jesus left, Acts 1.8, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. You'll do ministry as I did it in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts chapter 2, God poured his spirit out upon the church. And as soon as that happened, what Jesus said way back in Luke chapter 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because suddenly the church began to say, the spirit of the Lord is upon us because he sent us to continue and finish what Jesus started. You know why we're having service in the house today? For those of you who don't know, let me say it. We're not here in rebellion. We're here in worship. We're not here to tell somebody who doesn't matter who will be gone one of these days. We're here to honor the one who's going to be there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And for those of you watching at home, I am so glad you joined us today. And we're going to continue online services. And if you're not comfortable being here, we're fine with that. But there are a lot of people, because I've heard from some of you, I've heard a couple of cries for help. There are some people who are like sheep without a shepherd. One day God took me to this passage of scripture and said, you're the shepherd. You've given the government long enough the time to fix this problem. Now it's time to let me deal with people in their lives. That's why we're here today. And I'm not criticizing government. Thank God for what they're trying to do. But I'm going to tell you something. They've taken on a problem they can't fix. But God has never seen a problem he couldn't handle. He's here to meet the needs of his people. That's why we have in church today. Compassion. Sheep. Ministry. The mission of Jesus. This is what we are anointed to do. I've realized the last few days the harvest is great. The laborers are few. But we're going to do what we can to touch as many people as possible. I'm going to pray this morning. I want to pray two prayers. I want to pray for needs. And here's, here's what I want to do. As a sign of faith or a sign of desperation, it doesn't matter to me. Or maybe you just don't know where to go and how to go. All three of these points I've talked about today. I'm going to pray right now. If you're at home, I want you to join me in faith. Some way, somehow, reach out and lay your hand on the screen, on the computer, the iPad, whatever you're watching on. Here in the building, if you've got a need, I want to ask you to stand under your feet. Because I want to pray today. I believe the compassion of God is here in this place to meet people right where they are. So if you've got a need, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Those of you at home, it's a sign of faith. Just reach out. 
do something in faith. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm not the healer, but the healer has sent me here today to share this word. I'm not the deliverer, but the deliverer has sent me here. God, you are here. Your presence is here. We've worshipped you. We've honored you. We've taught your word just as Jesus did. And now we ask that you would work miracles in people's lives just as you promised. Physical, spiritual, material, mental, domestic, here in this building, there at home, wherever people might be watching in an office building or listening in a car. Right now, let the power of God just come in and let your compassion bring miracles and answers into people's lives. God, for those who are reaching out in faith, respond. For those who are crying out in desperation, let compassion cause you to respond. And for those who are among the sheep looking for direction, respond to that cry in Jesus' name, I pray. And I thank you for it today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We believe, we believe you to work in people's lives in the name of Jesus. If you're standing... You can be seated because I want to pray one more prayer. If you might be there at home, wherever you might be, you might be listening to this and maybe your heart is stirred because you need some miracles in your life today. And you're wondering, well, where's my help going to come from? Maybe your heart's crying out. Or maybe today you've listened to this and you've been reminded, God will still respond to me. I'll tell you something, God hears your cry. Whether it's faith, whether it's desperation, whether it's the cry of God, I don't know where to go and how to go. God knows that cry, and he's moved with compassion when he hears it. Hebrews tells us that we have a high priest interceding for us who is touched by the feelings of our weaknesses and our pains. And today, today maybe you're sitting there or driving down the road and you're realizing, man, I need God in my life. I want to pray a prayer with you. God loves you so much, he put his own son on a cross to bring you into relationship with him so he can right what was wrong, make corrections in your life, and give you a brand new life worth living. I want to pray with you today. All I'm going to ask you to do is repeat these words or, or wrap your heart around these words and just open your heart to God and let him come into your life. Heavenly Father, I come to you. We need you. We ask your forgiveness. We ask you to cleanse us today. We believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for our sins and was raised from the dead. We accept Jesus as our Savior. We choose Jesus to become the Lord of our lives. God, help me. I want to learn your ways. I want to follow you. From this day forward, you will be my father. I'll be your child. Teach me your ways. I want Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I give everything that I have to you to receive everything you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, would you just put your hands together? Let's welcome new believers into God's family. God bless you. It's the most important decision you ever make in your entire life. Give Pastor Ann a hand one more time as she comes. What an awesome service. You know, we've got just a few things, important things, before we conclude today. And so if you're with us in the building or you're watching online, we just want to ask if you would just hang with us for a few more moments. But if you have just prayed that prayer with us today and you committed your life to Christ, you know, that is the greatest decision you can make, and it is just the beginning. And we want to help you get started walking with God. And so we've got a gift that we'd love to give you. It's just a small book called The Next Seven Days. And if you are here in this building, you can get it a couple of ways. One, by stopping at our Next Seven Days counter out in the lobby before you leave. Or you can also pick one up from a member of our prayer teams, which will be located 
and at the conclusion of our service on each side of the lower section of our auditorium. Okay, but if you are watching online, we also want to get that into your hands. And you may see instructions on the screen right now when you are watching. Or you can also direct message us the words next seven on any of our social media platforms. And we would love to get a digital version of that to you, okay? And then we want to hear from you. If you made that decision, we want to know. We want to celebrate with you. And so we want to invite you to complete a Connect card. And if you're in the building, you can find a Connect card on the chair backs. Or if you're watching online, you can find a digital version of that on our website or our app under the Connect tab, okay? And today, we just want to take a moment and thank you so much for your continual faithfulness in giving. You know, during this very unusual season that we've been in, we've actually been able to increase and expand in the number of people we are able to reach through our outreach efforts here locally, through our community care program. We're meeting more needs than ever here locally in this Temecula Valley, but we're also meeting more needs than ever across the globe through increased missions efforts, and it's all because of your faithfulness in giving, and we are just so grateful for that, and we just want to say thank you so much. And if you are interested in giving today, you will see on the screens all the different ways that you can do that, whether you're watching online or here in the building. And then additionally, if you are in the building today and you want to give in person, we have new giving stations set up for you. Instead of passing the containers, you will find those giving stations located in the rear of the auditorium on each side of the rear exit doors, okay? And if you have trouble finding those, you can simply ask an usher and they will direct you to that. And if you need an envelope for your giving, you can find those on the chair backs as well. All right, thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. You are making a difference in people's lives. And then lastly, if you are here and you would like just additional personal prayer, we will have our prayer teams available to pray with you about absolutely anything, okay? And we have a new location for them as well. And so we have these big sections on each side of the lower portion of our auditorium and our prayer teams will be located right there after service. You can find them there and they'd love to pray with you. But if you're watching online and you also want some additional prayer, you can go to the chat area of whatever platform you're watching on and request prayer and we'd love to pray with you as well. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. This has been an amazing day. And for those in the building, we'd just like to ask that as we dismiss and exit the auditorium, if we could just do that slowly and gradually to be respectful of physical distancing for others. And remember, you can use the rear exit doors and you can also use the side exit doors as well. All right? We can't wait to see you tonight at 6 o'clock at our outdoor service. Have an amazing week.